The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Finally live now on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to go check out our page just to make sure. So if you're watching this right now on YouTube, which nobody is, it says zero people. Um, so let me jump on and get us up to one viewer here real quick. Wow. Way to really push this thing, man. This is going to be wildly successful. Um, okay. Well, we got one viewer. It's me. So... But uh, we can basically just start it like a regular episode and hopefully people jump in. Josh said uh, he'll come in and like, he said he'll come in and uh, it's the Brown Tiger. Hey, we got some people popping in. Good. So we got some people in. So we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, We apologize for the late start. Josh is out of town on vacation. Uh, He gave me a quick run through on the program. And then when I went to go set it up tonight, nothing would work. Uh, So I didn't know if it was my computer or the Wi-Fi. So I drove the whole two blocks into the studio to try to use this Wi-Fi. I ended up having to do all kinds of updates on my computer that I didn't know I needed. So here we are 33 minutes later. We're finally getting started. We appreciate you guys for being patient with us. As you can also see, we brought back special guests this week, Zachary Cop, making an appearance on the show yeah, right. for the first time in a while. Uh, he said he could step in Josh's place today, and uh, since you know the game was so much fun to watch this week, he wanted to get his thoughts in on the show. So uh, if you're watching tonight, special treat, we got Zach with us. Uh, before we get into talking about the games, though, uh, if you want to get your intro and your voicemails on the show starting again next week, if you left voicemails this week, I apologize. I just don't I don't even get access to them. Josh gets all that stuff. So uh, next week, we'll start getting intros and voicemails back on the show again. So if you want to do that, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail in your drop down menu. Um, again, the more voicemails we get, the better. Next week, you also want to be here and watch the episode. We're going to have Kenny Mack in studio doing the episode with us. He's going to be down here from Ottawa. He's going to go to the game on Monday night and then drive down here to Dover, Ohio and do an episode with us. So it's going to be a good episode next week. Make sure you guys tune in. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching and you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. I also uh, post a lot of things in our community on there so you get updates about when we're going to do lives and stuff like that. Lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page. We've got the private Discord set up in there, Fantasy League. You get an extra episode every week. It's just a ton of fun for everybody involved. Um, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of the Patreon guys jumping in the the live here tonight so uh if that's something you're looking forward to you want more access to us even zach's still a part of the patreon even he jumps in there and chats with these guys so if you miss zach cop jump in become a dog pack member you get to talk to zach every now and then uh join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member so we want to get to the uh the ravens game obviously and I don't know about you guys, but this is a super weird game because if you look at it, uh, like statistically, the Browns actually played better than the Ravens on offense and defense. I, th- I saw this graph at the end of the game. It's like the 
the one that's got like, the line going up and it shows all the teams where they like they plot the teams where they ended. And the Browns finished better on offense and defense and efficiency and like win rate and all kinds of stuff than the Ravens. Jacoby was, I think, like one of the highest rated quarterbacks of the week, and Lamar was one of the lowest rated quarterbacks of the week. Yet the Browns lost. It's just typical Browns. Like, how did we lose this football game? Um, what do you well, guys think? Go ahead, Johnny. What we do. I don't know. <laughs> Good okay. insight, John. Cool, man. Uh, anybody else want to? Anybody else want to pick up on that? Yeah, I'll I'll help him out there. I think what John was trying to say there was like, if there was a way for Cleveland to do this and come up with a new imaginative way to drop a game when it's close. And at the end, well, we just saw it. It's just, this is like a typical Cleveland Browns kind of thing. Like they hang around, they, they stay in games. They're not supposed to stay in. And then at the end we find a way to lose. And I hate saying that I'm diehard Browns fan, but I'm, I, I've seen this for years and years and years. Now we always manage to figure out a way to, drop the ball and just lose the game. You ever heard the term, uh, oh, what is it? Only in Cleveland. This was, a, <laughs> this was the definition of an only in Cleveland game. Um, I don't understand. It's special teams. How, how Mike Prefer has a job still. He, he might be slowly like taking over Joe Woods as like the number one person. I think that needs to get fired on this staff because it's just, it keeps happening every week. We hit, uh, what was it, last week we had a muffed punt and a screwed up uh, onside kick where A.J. Green goes out of bounds and touches the ball. Um, this week we have the, I mean, the false start at the end. Jesus Christ. I don't know if Kevin Stefanski's got an explanation for that yet or not because that was awful. But then what we moved up Cade York a yard to help make it a shorter field goal, and then it gets blocked. This dude supposedly kicks 75 yarders. What does he need one yard for? What are we doing? Well, and I guess that they asked uh, Kevin about that at some point in time after the game, and he was and his uh, response was, you know, just something with Charlie Hewitt, which is our holder, and uh, – the the punter Bork was to we'd have to get with them you know and just kind of get that and work through it so he really didn't even have an answer so I don't know who like made that call because I mean like we were kind of talking about earlier the announcers jumped on it right away they were like oh yeah hey he's a yard closer here on this field goal attempt than what he should have been so I don't understand and against the Ravens who are just notable for blocking field goals especially against the Browns. It's just, it's just, it, I mean, it's just, and if Kevin Stefanski doesn't know, so I've been on the, um, I've been very pro Kevin Stefanski, and I didn't want him to give up play calling because I thought, I think he's a pretty good play caller. But man, if, if there's things going on in the game and you're not aware of it, maybe you shouldn't be calling the plays then. Because even though he has the offense playing really well with a backup quarterback and not a ton of threats on the outside, he's not just an offensive coordinator. And I've I've been coming around to this idea like we were super mad at Prefert and we're super mad at Joe Woods for how bad their side of the ball is, but Kevin Stefanski's in charge of all of it. He, you know, he's like the CEO of this team, and 
if we're making decisions like that that affect outcomes of games and you're not even aware of it, that's not a good look. That's not a good look on the head coach. Uh, you mentioned last week we shouldn't really freak out if we lose the next four or five games because we kind of saw that coming. But it's really hard to watch us lose week after week and not get super frustrated. And I'm a lot – I'm not as on the Kevin Stefanski train as I was. Um, he's – my patience is wearing thin with him. He's got he's to gotta figure out how to win, win games, especially when we're in situations where all of these games are winnable and we're finding ways to lose them. So Yeah, I – go ahead. Keep going. But no, I, I agree. It's I'm not as necessarily mad for losing in like the upcoming games because, like we said last week, we all kind of thought we were going to lose coming up anyways at the beginning of the season. More the fact I'm mad about losing these games, lost the games that we were supposed to win, and it's like they didn't get the memo that hey, we needed to win these first four games. And I know it's the NFL, and none of it's easy or a cakewalk, but. Those were four games with this roster you should have won, and we found ways to lose them, which is making these losses worse. Um, we have some people talking in here, uh, and we'll get to the comments. I'm like you, John. I'm not out on Kevin Stefanski, but his seat is definitely warming up compared to what it used to be. There's no doubt that it, it's not the losses. It's how we're losing. You cannot lose to the Jets when you're up two scores with – a minute 55 to go. Well, it's not like Kevin doing everything right and we're just losing because we don't have the personnel. Like He's definitely playing a role in why we're losing some of these games. For sure. Blake, you kind of cut out there on on me, on my side. I don't know. Uh, So one of the things is, like, when it comes to Kevin – Stefanski, you know, and you see it with, I feel like a lot of the really good teams that have, you know, considered, you know, the best head coaches in the game. They're always surrounded by guys and coordinators that are like either veteran or guys that are just, you know, rising stars. Like you hear it all the time about like all the coaches that Belichick's had that, you know, gone to be a head coach, or you look at like the Shanahan from like, uh, his coaching tree that had McVay and Kyle Shanahan and all these young guys that all blossomed like into these great head coaches that we really don't have anybody like that. I mean, nobody's coming looking at Joe Woods knocking on his door saying, Hey man, you're going to be our our head coach because the Browns defense is awesome this year. Like we don't have anybody that's just like on our staff that other than Callahan, which I know some of the people have commented on there and stump Mitchell. I mean, I feel like those two guys, now, the offensive line hasn't been great, but it's still pretty darn good. And I feel like those two guys, I agree with, you know, our people in the comments saying, those two guys I feel like are safe. But the other guys, the other people on the coaching staff, I mean, at some point somebody's got to answer for it. And if Kevin doesn't choose some of those other people, then it all goes back to him and it all fall back on him. We just lose our host. I don't know. I don't know. It still says it still shows that we're live, but I don't know. Okay. So I I don't know if we really touched on it yet. I thought, and in our group chat, the day of the game uh, that we talked about the challenge 
on the Lamar Jackson third down where they we forced him to punt. It looked like he, his knee might have been down, but it didn't affect it at all because it was still fourth down and however long it ended up being. I can't even remember. It was like fourth and 10. It was going to be – it was third and 17. They thought that it, it was going to gain us, what, 10 yards on the punt to make him redo it again if he was down. And I just felt like everybody thought that momentum – the momentum we had in that first quarter was gone from that moment on. What do you guys think? I mean, uh, that's the thing. Like uh, hindsight's twenty twenty when it comes to stuff like that. But at the time I looked at it and I'm like, that's a terrible challenge. It's a terrible challenge. And I mean, there you're telling me there's nobody upstairs that can go, Hey, Kevin, don't throw the flag on this. Don't challenge this. And then it ended up, like they gained another what forty yards on the punt or something outrage. I don't know the legit number. I think it was like a set ended up being like a seventy nine yard punt. Yeah, we were gonna get the ball. That. We were gonna get the ball close to our forty. It was like thirty five between the thirty five and forty. We were gonna get the ball and we end up getting it inside like our own fifteen yard line. Yeah, I just know that when I was sitting there watching, I went, "Well, that was really stupid. I don't understand what we were doing there." Yeah, Wait, and good to be back. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, the other thing that I noticed, just Eric, kind Thanks, of – I'm having kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. I see it. <laughs> Gosh, Josh is gone for one week, and Blake can't figure anything out. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't been back – I haven't been on an episode in seven months or eight months, and same old crap with Blake. Blake don't know what he's doing. <laughs> 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 no, hey, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, I had to step out. Uh, apparently, apparently, I need to buy a better. That's fair. That's fair. I Another might big... go for real. Uh, I have literally on like dad duty as we speak, and like I'm like hearing noises in the background. I'm like, I don't want my kid to come busting through this door and just cause all types of chaos on this show. So, just <laughs> mute. if I leave, you already know. <laughs> Why did we go? Should have scrapped this episode. <laughs> uh, a thing that I thought that was another big uh, point in that, in that first half was they score. So momentum's gone, right? We they ended up going down and uh, scoring at, and got a field goal to make it ten to six. I think after we got the ball back after the whole challenge scenario, so it ended up being ten six, and then. The Browns had another three play two two straight three and outs after the challenge, which was just awful. But then they scored to uh, take the lead with under two minutes ago. Gus Edwards runs it in to take the thirteen to ten lead, and I thought Brissett did a pretty good job marching us down the field until we had the sack. It was I think we were on like the forty one yard line, so we're looking at at least maybe tying the game up going to halftime. And we get a sack, and it takes us all the way out of field goal range. We end up having to punt them inside their own tent. I mean, it was. I mean, just felt like there were so many missed opportunities in that first half, where that first drive looked like, oh wow, the whole team came ready to play today. And then our defense kind of stepped up and held them to a field goal on their first drive. And then it was like, oh, we we go down, score again, we hold them to punt, and then it was just all downhill from there. I felt like the whole game. Uh, the, the 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 challenge after after we challenged and then uh obviously we didn't get it and then for no reason was the challenge not one single good thing happened to the browns 
months after that. It was straight downhill. I mean, try to think of like one good thing we did after that. It's it was dumb. And who tells him to challenge that? That guy should be fired already. I'm noticing a trend in this organization. We don't fire people who deserve to be fired. Gone yeah, there's no performance review. When there's no weekly performance review. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you like the king staff? <laughs> oh, I said no, Mayo. You're fired. You know, like now you just got total blind. It's like nobody's being held accountable anywhere in the organization from top to bottom. It's just it's that some of these people still have jobs. And it's a theme. It's a theme from top to bottom, man. It's a. I mean, every week that goes on, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be talking, maybe Kevin Stefanski, this is his last year in Cleveland, I would have told you you guys are crazy. I would have told you no way that we have a coach of the year, and then two years later we're talking about he might not be coming back. But they're – it's just it's just disorganized. Everything's disorganized. Everything is just just kind of me and Zach were talking about it. everything's vanilla. Nothing there's no there's no flash. We're not organized. We make terrible decisions. We don't look prepared. We don't look buttoned up as Blake would say. It's just and it's a theme every week. It's the same thing. It um and you guys are allowed we to talk too, you know. Woods, uh, I know the defense. <laughs> I know that played poorly, uh, um, or they played better, but they're still not good. The, the Ravens' offense has been struggling for the last month, so I'm not going to hang my hat on the fact that with points, um, I still don't trust the defense, and I know. My argument is one, it won't be worse. A lot of them say the players have to execute. And I'll point just to, you know, our state college team. Look what Jim Knowles has done with Ohio State's defense in half a season just by changing the philosophy and being a different voice in the room. I mean, Ohio State was completely awful on the defensive side of the ball last year. This year they're top 15, I think, in almost every stat. I know that it's difference between college and pros, but – the philosophy on defense is so bad. I watch these other teams, and it's third and long. Kings are backed up on the goal line, and they're bringing exotic blitzes. There's people standing up on the D line. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I watch the Browns, and it's the same four down linemen, same dropping seven guys back into the same soft zone. just get easy releases off, jammed, and it's just nuts. We need to change there um special teams we need to another big thing of arguments with people on uh online since the game staying on the third and two call where i mean technically it worked for a touchdown and we get called for a uh, a super soft offensive pass interference not only does it not only does it take away the touchdown that moves us out of field goal range, basically. Uh, so what did you guys think of that play call? Um, first thing I would say, you can't play for a field goal and give the Ravens the ball back with two minutes left. You just hand them a win. Um, 
so I don't hate the call. I I see both sides though. I I don't hate the call to run for it either. Try to manage the clock. Um, hopefully get a touchdown. If not, at least tie to get tie the game as time expires so they can't come back and beat you in regulation. But it wasn't a bad play. So they they had reason to believe it was going to work out. So I can't be too mad at the call. It just it ended up not working out for us because of the push off. Not a bad call though. I I'm I don't hate the call. I don't hate the call at all. I hate my me and me and Zach. We we're stuck here talking for a half hour, catching up on life about everything. <laughs> and uh, you know I don't hate it. But my thing is, was there something safer? If you're gonna throw the ball, they had nine guys in the box. They were ready for the run. They were ready for the run, but we don't have something safer, just a little six-yard out, anything. And I've seen people argue and saying, you know, it's third and two, hand the ball to Nick Chubb. I'm going to cue you in on something. You guys can go back and watch this. Nick Chubb wasn't even on the field, which that's Kevin Stefanski again, just another poor decision. It's crucial moment in the game. And your best player is sitting on the side. And I know you're swapping in Kareem Hunt. You're, you know, you're kind of giving these guys a blow. But we can't even say, hey, we should have handed it to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb wasn't even on the damn field, which is just another failure for the Browns. It's just another poor decision for us. Just another thing that we do. Oh, hey, baby. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the play call, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, the play call didn't bother me a whole lot. Um, because I thought that they were going to stuff to run. I think everybody thought the run was the call that was going to be made. Um, and Jacoby threw a good pass too. I mean, he put it in a place where Amari could catch it. And if Mari doesn't push off, he still probably has a chance to catch the ball. Um, I mean, obviously he, that space he did let him walk into the end zone with a touchdown after the catch. Um, so, I mean, that was just kind of, in obvious they had I felt like they just had to make that that call where it wasn't um like super close but I mean we've been on the wrong end of that too where that hasn't been called against us uh and teams have gotten away with that type of penalty um but I think that to Justin's point if David and Joku isn't injured he's the guy we probably go to on like that five yard out or just a three yard curl, try to get a first down because Donovan Peoples Jones has a flash catch here and there, but really he's been irrelevant. You know, Bell's irrelevant. We really don't have any other guy other than Cooper and Njoku that's going to catch a pass in that big time spot. And one of them wasn't even in the game. And then a guy like Nick Chubb isn't on the field either. So Cooper's really the only go to guy that we had in that spot. No, I. I didn't have a play call, especially because I watched it and it resulted in a touchdown. Uh, so it's hard to it's hard to get mad. I know you can't call plays with hindsight or whatever, but like Justin said, they had nine in the box. They were clearly expecting the run. Jacob best ball maybe of the season. I don't even think Mario Cooper needed to push off to make the catch. Um I understand what the guy called, but my God, for that situation and their hand fighting all the field, it, it, it was such a weak call. The way around ever in my life. And 
and they call that in that situation. It was another time where a ref makes a terrible goal against Cleveland. And I understand where it was coming, but in that spot, and they're hand fighting all the way down the field, give me a freaking break. Amari Cooper is one of the premier receivers in the league. You think they'd call that on Devontae Adams? No. Like, come on. Um, I also wanted to address the, there's so many Browns fans saying, um, Oh, hey, Butler jumped in. He's been quiet all week because he knows that the Ravens suck. <laughs> You're lucky the Browns are just a dumpster fire of an organization. Your team is garbage. Uh, Lamar completed under 10 passes. He's a bum right now for a month. So go ahead and jump on out of here. Uh, but there's a lot of talk. They need to run the ball more. Nick Chubb should be getting 20 to 25 carries a game. Do you, do people not realize that 20 carries a game, 40 carries for the season, 25 carries a game is 425 carries for the season. That's never going to There are only two running back 340 in the last like eight years or something. It was Le'Veon Bell one time and it was uh, Derek one time. <laughs> and I hear that nobody knows I'm here to you, so they must be shutting it down. <laughs> I'm probably about this about is the most dysfunctional show we've arrested. ever done. So yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I, I mean, this production of this episode, I the, thought it was gonna be a nice welcome back. You know, no, no. my daughter's it's, walking in the room. I told you guys that was gonna happen at some point. Turns, There's no doubt that I mean, that was gonna happen. Oh, what the heck's been got, uh, wrong with you guys? I mean, I haven't been gone that long. It's been a while, man. It's been a little I bit. I tell you what. Aaron Butler's, still, Aaron Butler's Josh, been around I mean, more often than I have. Me and Josh Jeez. were so professional before he we went on vacation, too. We did a Zoom call. He showed me how to do all this stuff. I took notes. It was so professional. And then it comes time for game. Just suck. I apologize, guys. Thanks for being here with us and hanging out with us this super shitty episode. Uh, but at least it's it's fun, I guess. I don't even know why just, the lights turn. Can off. I just touch on one thing? Um, yeah, are you really just sitting in the dark in the studio? <laughs> there's one happening? light on now, but I had like the back. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm probably about to get murdered. So. <laughs> If you guys see somebody walk up behind me, give me a give me a heads up. Uh, but no, I guess I lost the train of thought here. But no, the Browns run the ball. They they run it more than ever, and uh, even if you know Chubb had sixteen carries, yet eighteen times out of the fifty-one two plays, that's thirty-five percent of the time. Of our plays, Nick Chubb touched the ball. Guys, he's not. We this isn't high school football. We can't just line up and give the ball to Nick Chubb at fifty plays a game. That's that's it's not realistic. That's that's not the way it works. He's getting the ball plenty now. Situationally, can you argue maybe sometimes you want to get him a touch and Kevin isn't okay? I'll come to that argument to blindly say. Chubb, Chubb should be getting the ball 30 to the game. That's one. He's never been a bell cow back like that. He split carries with Sony Michelle in Georgia. He, I bet you he hasn't been a 30 carry a back game since high school or middle school. Like he's not just going to all of a sudden come into the pros and start getting the ball 30 times a game. 
And look what happened to Le'Veon Bell. He, he's nowhere right now. Derrick Henry is not the same Derrick Henry he's been the last couple of years. That starts to take a toll. When this guy's just getting pounded, you want to get the ball three times? It's just not something that's going to happen. So, uh, no, I think I think we're running Nick Chubb. And I think maybe situationally he could get the ball a couple more times here and there and to help the offense out. But overall, these people are just blindly saying – that Kevin Stefanski doesn't run the ball enough. He runs the ball more than almost everybody. Gage Tucker yeah. says he needs at least 20 carries a game. That's not realistic, Gage. It's not, it's just not realistic. He's not, we're not going to give Nick Chubb 340 carries. That's, that's not going to happen. How do you guys feel about how they've utilized Kareem Hunt, though? Do you feel like, my thing is, I, I feel like he's just been like almost just lost. Like, I thought he was going to be – I'm not saying he was going to be a focal point in the offense. And I, I guess I kind of am – I did think that. But to get eight yards, I know he got a touchdown, but this was the last kind of – I don't want to say it was the last dance for him, but, I mean, he's on an expiring contract. They're going to move him probably this week, and they were going to move him – you know, he was going to go somewhere else probably next year. So, for me, I just – I'm super confused – what we're trying to do with Kareem Hunt. And I think, you know, there's no point in holding Kareem Hunt at this point. Our, well, our season's over. Can, can I say something? Can I say something crazy too is he looks like he's regressed a little bit. He doesn't look as fast to me. Like there's times where we run that outside counter and then he used to be able to make the cut, get around. He's getting caught a lot. He just, his vision doesn't look as good. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not calling Kareem Hunt wash. Maybe he needs uh, a change of scenery where he's going to get the ball early and be able to get into a rhythm. Maybe this like coming in randomly here and there is not cutting it anymore, but he doesn't look like the same Kareem Hunt to me that he's looked the last couple of years. Well, I feel like in our offense, you know, last year, um, something that we were like, man, we do this a lot, like throwing screen passes to the running back. I feel like Kareem Hunt thrived in that, role of getting him the ball in some space and making guys miss. I feel like that was his go-to. That was his forte in his game. Um, this past game, Nick Chubb played 34 snaps to Kareem Hunt's 28. Um, of those 28 snaps Kareem Hunt played, he touched the ball six times the whole game for four yards rushing, and I think he had uh, four yards receiving. So not a, not a uh, productive – game for him or what we've seen in the past and I just don't know if it's because I think to utilize him better in the passing game would have been something we could have done just because we don't have depth at wide receiver and we don't have the guys you know to target and it was a way to get him involved and I felt like early on in the year we did and especially like that first game of the year I felt like man our one-two punch of having Hunt and Chubb was going to be lethal again this year and we've kind of just gone away from that, uh, at least it seems. And, Blake, I kind of see what you're saying about Kareem. Is he really sold on being here, knowing that he's on to somewhere next to start the year? Probably, yeah, because he's in it to win it, you know. But as you start racking up some losses and you're like, hey, the season's kind of going downhill. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to – somebody's going to pay me based on my, you know, what I've been in my career. Somebody's going to give him some type of chance somewhere to start fresh next year or after the trade, after I, we trade him. Cause 
I think that there's a bunch of guys that on the Browns team, and I don't know if you guys want to hit on that later on or whatever you guys want to do, but I feel like the Browns are sellers here in the next couple weeks. So call me crazy. Uh, well, there's a couple things I want to address. One, Gage Tucker said Browns are 0-5 when Nick Chubb doesn't get the ball 20 times. To me, that that's irrelevant. So did we lose the Jets game because Nick Chubb didn't get 20 carries? I don't. I don't think that's the reason we lost this game. Um, so, to me, that's kind of a moot. But what I will say, go ahead. I was going to say probably in most but, uh, of those games where he's getting over twenty carries, we're winning, and we're running out the clock, stuff like that. Most likely. Correct. Um, I. I obviously the Browns have done nothing to make me think this uh, because we're the Browns and we've been terrible. But Miami, all of a sudden looks more beatable uh, and Tampa Bay is awful. If we have four wins when Deshaun gets back. It's not likely, but if, if he comes back, he's playing really well. If you go look at our schedule, comes back, it is the, the, the rough stretch is now. When he comes back, it gets significantly easier. I'm not going to say we're going to go undefeated as soon as we get Deshaun, but if he's playing really well, it's not crazy to think he's going to get at least six wins out of his seven games. I mean, that would put us at 10 and seven. If he wins all of them, uh, I think it'd put us at what? 11 and six or something, or I don't know how many games we play. I'm an idiot, but uh, it's, I don't think the season is over if, but we just got to figure it out. And is it too late to figure it out? Like you think we had an entire off season, you know, and then we've had seven weeks. Like, it should have been figured out, but it's yeah. It, it's like we we've lost five games, I think, games by combined nine points. You have to think with Deshaun, you're going to score more than three extra points a game. If the defense and special teams continue to be as awful as they have been, they make no improvements at all. You would still think Deshaun would score three extra points a game, and we would be five and two, six and one right now. It's 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 crazy to think about it like that, but it, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the early games in the season, I think, is just the ones we're going to look back on and be like, man, we could have really had a chance, and it changes everything. I mean, morale. I mean, all of us know it from playing sports at any time in our lives. Morale is is high when you're winning, and it it sucks when you're losing. And I just feel like. When you're winning games, you don't got guys pointing fingers at anybody, you know, because everything's good. Uh, coaching, coaches are getting praised. Players are getting pra- praised. But as soon as something starts to go wrong and you get a couple losses in a row, it's it's funny how, you know, you got certain players that will point fingers at others or, you know, you got some guys saying, hey, we need to, you know, work a little more and not do so much stuff off the field and it's just I, I don't feel like we have in our organization right now that leader to like I know Blake you kind of met that Jarvis Landry who came in and he was just like all in for Cleveland and he was like the voice in the locker room that would keep everything under control and you look at Miles Garrett and you look at you know a Denzel Ward or you know some of these guys that are supposed to be that person that really aren't at this point in time and I don't know if they're ever going to be and that's fine that they're not, but you got to have some of those guys around in your locker room. And we don't. Uh, we don't. 
I don't even know if we have a voice in the coaching staff, honestly. And maybe maybe Deshaun can be that guy, but the guy really hasn't even been around us, around the team very long. With the suspension, he hasn't been able to be around, and I know I think he's allowed to be in the facility now up until – I think. I'm I'm pretty sure I'd have to look that up. I think he can be around. He has been for the last few weeks. Okay, but, you know, how much impact does he really have at this given time when he's not actually out there on the field being able to being able to be that guy, be that voice? So uh, what do you guys think about the reports after the game about the players in the locker room yelling at each other? Uh, I guess somebody said, where's our effing leadership? Um, what do you guys – do you guys think that's a big deal? Or to me it was like, wait, they care? <laughs> that's, I guess that's, right. that's a good thing. They care. I didn't. I didn't know they cared. So um, I know Kevin Stefanski called that regular football stuff. I don't know. I've been in locker rooms and stuff my whole life. That that stuff. Ha- I mean, Draymond Green literally just punched Jordan Poole in the face and almost knocked him out of practice. They're, they're going to play a basketball season together. Like that can in sports and behind closed doors. I don't think it's a big deal. I think some people are trying to make it like a, a huge deal. Like Kevin Stefanski's lost the locker room. Well, has Steve Kerr lost the Warriors locker room? Like that stuff just happens in sports. It's just, it is what it is. Not a big deal at all. We're two and five. I'd be upset to, if it were reported that they weren't yelling at each other in the locker room. Somebody should be mad right now. Somebody should be upset within the organization. Yeah, like a, they need Brad Pitt from Moneyball to go in there and start hitting the water coolers and stuff with a baseball bat. <laughs> Somebody needs to trade Jason Giambi or whatever. Uh, but no, I don't think it's a big deal. Do you, I've I do get the sense though, like that the Browns locker room and season and organization, it's like on a tip, and just like one thing goes wrong. It's so right, but we're we're very much at a balancing point. And um, I just hope Stefanski can figure it out because I think the only way he's not back next year is if it just – like it just – you start hearing like all kinds of bad reports out of the locker room. People are doing, you know, tweeting, you know, questioning calls and stuff in the, in the media. I think if it starts to be like that, I mean, at some point, no matter how much you like him on offense – He's he's lost the locker room. So, um, but are but are we I think there? He's got to be careful. Uh, it could there. be worse. Think about okay. uh, think about the Freddie year. Think about the Freddie okay. year. That was we haven't had anybody kill anybody, try to murder anybody with a helmet yet. Uh, That's fair. We haven't worn a, a, a Pittsburgh started it t shirt to the That's movies. Uh, you know what I mean? That's like, fair too. I feel like we're we're potentially on the brink. Push it then. I think he's got his work cut out for him. Um, Katie wants to know what we thought about the phantom uh, false start call on the uh, the field goal at the end. Zach, it's Conf- yeah. I'll let Zach. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was looking something up. I missed that. If, if you guys were asking something for me, <laughs> uh, explain. What did you f- think of the part. false start? Uh, so, I mean, if you looked at the one replay, 
I thought that they were going to call something on the center for like a snap infraction of something that if they would have called something mm-hmm. there, it would have been like, okay, I guess you can watch and he does move the football and that's why the Ravens player jumped. But they really didn't even call that at all. And then like the whole explanation that we got from Gene Steratore about, well, he was in the neutral zone and a player that wasn't a player and a half away from that move. So it made it a false start. The one Ravens player fell in and knocked Jedrick Wills back a yard. And, and so I don't understand. Yes. And it wasn't just he was in the neutral zone and he jumped back. He was fully off sides. I mean, he was across the ball. So I, I, I thought that that whole false start thing, I mean, it costs – us dearly now do we make the field goal who knows with Cade York making I mean I would like to think that yeah he would but in reality the Ravens probably blocked the kick anyway depends Um, on where they spot the ball at I guess where they place the ball do we move up some more maybe we kick it from five yards who knows I don't know let's just get crazy yeah I don't know what the fuck we're doing (laughs) oh excuse my language whoops (laughs) oops uh I I (laughs) I don't know we'll do it live The false start, the false start thing. It, I mean, it just was a Browns way of losing that game. That something yeah. like that would only happen to us, and that is, I mean, what sucks about it. And is you want to be able to be like, man, can't we just like somebody radio down and be like, hey, this is wrong that this happened under in the last minute of the game, but it doesn't work out that way. No. I mean, you see it in other games. Uh, I, I see it in games all the time. Wanted... Go ahead, buddy. Uh, uh, so I, I don't know how to say his name, but he said, Kevin doesn't know how to use talent on offense. Why do you think Diggs wanted out? Okay, I'm going to push back on. Stephon Diggs had a great year with Kevin. So did Thielen. So did Dalvin Cook. And so did Kirk Cousins. And Kevin Stefanski milked every ounce of talent he could out of Baker Mayfield and made him look like a halfway decent quarterback. And then he has the Browns right now, top 10 in offensive efficiency. And the offense is the only good part of our football team. And he's doing it with a career journeyman backup. I I think it's when people say Kevin Stefanski doesn't know how to use his talent. That's that's just easy to me. I mean, just because he isn't doing it the way Andy Reid does it or the way Sean McVay does it doesn't mean he's not using well, the Browns score points. The the offense is literally the only good thing about the Browns right now, and he's doing it with a career journeyman backup quarterback. I think – I think – go ahead, John. When you're an NFL team and you're losing games, there are two things you can count on consistently from the fan base. They will be mad at the quarterback and they will be mad at the coach, and they will overlook everything else. So <laughs> I'm not surprised that a lot of people are out here saying that um, a lot of people are going to be calling for Stefanski's job in the next couple of weeks, especially if we, if we lose the games that we're kind of thinking we're going to lose a lot more people are going to start saying fire Stefanski. Uh, I don't like it. I, I don't agree with it, but we're going to see a lot more of that. And Evan Stefanski utilizes talent fairly well. I think he makes questionable calls, but he's really got our offense looking decent for sure. Well, and with and with Stefanski, I mean, you see it at times in the NFL. The guy is an offensive, you know, and I'm going to say he's an offensive genius when it comes to being able to put certain game plans together. 
maybe it's just the fact that he's not a great head coach and having to deal with all the other aspects that a head coach has to deal with. I mean, I, I, no doubt in my mind, he would be one of the top sought after, sought after uh, coaches to be an offensive coordinator anywhere he'd want to go with open arms on team, you know, teams would be wanting him, but maybe it's just the head coach job. Isn't his, you know, his strength because it's a lot of things you have to deal with. You know, it's not just being able to say, well, I got to practice with just the offense today because I'm calling plays and got to get the game plan ready. No, you're in charge of the game plan for everything. You know, you have to oversee what the defense is doing, what our plan on special teams are, you know, where guys are at with their, injury and rehab and who's available this week. And I mean, you have so many things that you have to do, you know, meeting with your owners and all that, you know, it's just a lot that I feel like maybe he's just not cut out for that part of the job. And he doesn't have anybody else on his coaching staff to help alleviate all those responsibilities. He doesn't have somebody who's been a head coach before to be like, Hey, can you handle this, this, and this, because I need to focus on, the game plan for today. And I really need you to go make sure the defense and special teams is taking care of what they need to do. Maybe those things aren't being done. No, we've talked, we talked about this. I I think we need a defensive coordinator who's got head coaching. It's, I think that would go a long way in helping with a lot of views. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's almost like uh, Stefanski and you can see it. I don't. Uh, would you guys consider Stefanski to be like a player's coach? Like you know how like Mike Tomlin is always referred to as being like a player's coach. Like no. that guys just guys want to go and want to play. I just don't see Kevin Stefanski as being that guy that they're just like going to him and getting a bunch of like a knowledge about the game of like things that they've like what he's experienced in the game. He's not that type of guy or like a coach that's going to give you that type of you know, leadership in that area of being like guys love playing for Kevin, you know, cause Kevin's went through it. I, I just don't see that. <laughs> he, uh, he's kind of, I get this. It's kind of cold and calculating, you know, like he, the way he doesn't show any emotion to me is fine because he keeps a level head and that's the kind of the demeanor I want the team to have. I don't want him to get too high or get too low, but it also, it makes it like, I don't know. He doesn't seem overly approachable to me. Like people, like he's not, I don't know. Maybe that's just from like, we see it. I thought of asking DeAnthony Bell, like, Hey, what's the vibe? Like, what's it like? But I just didn't want to like put him on the spot and make him think I was like trying to be a reporter and was going to get him kicked off his first NFL team or something. So I didn't, but uh, I, I get that same, I get the same vibe. He just seems he's, He's about the numbers and processes. I'll tell you, if you work in a factory, what he reminds me of, he reminds me of an engineer. <laughs> like they, they yeah, don't know yeah. how to talk like, to people. Uh, and, and sometimes like they over-engineer things and in theory it sounds great. And then you try to use it and it sucks. He's kind of like an engineer coach. Yeah, like you go to him and he's got like some algorithm that he gives you about like your blocking technique and you're like, hey man, I just want you to show me a couple moves on what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this though, that puts the Browns in a, a very tough spot because the league is going so offensive. You can't let a guy like Kevin Stefanski walk out the door 
you know, when I mean, you called him an offensive genius. We already let Kyle Shanahan out the door. You know what I mean? Like you can't – he's got to – he's just – we got to see him coach with Deshaun. You know, I don't want to Matt Rule this guy. I don't think Matt Rule's a great coach, but they also did him no favors in Carolina. He got to play with Sam Darnold, uh, P.J. Walker, and Baker Mayfield. So it's tough to evaluate your offensive coach when those are the quarterbacks you give him. We've given Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett so far. And at least in his tenure, the offense has been the only thing that's been decent. So we got to see him coach with Deshaun and then see if some of this other stuff starts to come together. But um, it it puts the Browns between a rock and a hard place because you can't let a guy with that who's that smart offensively just walk out the door. It would. Then he goes and he starts calling plays for somebody else, and they go to a Super Bowl, and we go back to being two and fifteen. No, I want to keep him. I mean, I, I think we got a lot to figure out, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on board with losing Stefanski. I want to see yeah. your coach, John Watson. Yeah, I think Stefanski's around um, into next year. I don't think that. I don't think that. Unless we were to lose out and there's just like dumpster fire of things going on. Or, you know, Deshaun at the end of the year, he comes at, back in and we look like crap in the last six games. And Deshaun says to somebody, hey, man, this guy ain't going to work. And we just gave him all that money. Deshaun's got a little bit of power <laughs> when it comes to uh, who's calling his plays uh, as much as we may like it or not like that aspect. He's a, he's a highly paid man that we gave up a lot for. Um, so, but I, I think Savansky will be around, but next year there won't be any leash. There's not going to be, Oh, well, Deshaun's only been here six games or anything like that. And he's going to have to do a lot of changing in the off season. Um, so yes. we'll see when we get to all that. I mean, like you said, Blake, the season it, right now to all Browns fans feels like it's over sitting at two and five. I think everybody's like, well, there's next year or the Cavs have started this week or, you know, and everybody's <laughs> kind of switching gears. Um, it's crazy how Cleveland is a football town and we have such good other sports like the guardians and the Cavs in the same city. And they can't even, I mean, it's hard. You go to a Browns game. There's people out there the night before, and the Cavs game, people rolling in the second quarter. Uh, so it's it's kind of crazy uh, to think about that a lot of people think the season's over when you said, if we make a little bit of a run, get the four or five wins and Deshaun comes back, I mean, who knows what could happen. Our division's not great. Steelers, not no, great. The, the- not great. Cincinnati has to play everybody in the division you know, again, they got to play us twice. You got to win those. You got to think you got to win those games. You never know. You could win the division. No, before we start talking talking about playoffs and winning divisions and stuff like that. You got to be hopeful, Justin. You got to be hopeful. And and I am, bro. Trust me. You know, I'm the the utmost, the utmost of just positive on Browns. I'll go down on the, on the sword on some Cleveland. Oh, we're one in, 14 let's go on a run here we can still do this but my thing is i'm tired of talking about the playoffs with people i'm tired of talking about what our potential is or how we match up with people let's win one damn game yes we're on a skid we're playing (laughs) terrible we don't look good i don't want to hear about hey let's this is what we need to do get back to basics to being a good football team because right now we're not a good football team 
Yeah. So I think we either figure it out and you have literally till Monday night. Monday night is it. If you go in, if you go into Cleveland and you get ran out by the Bengals, and we've had their number, but this is a very, very dangerous. I feel like last week or Sunday was a must win. This is a must win game. If you go to two and six and let the Bengals get another game on you, I don't want to hear about playoffs or what we can do with Deshaun for six games. I'm done with that. At that point, you're you have to move forward. We we suck. <laughs> win a game. Win one game. Win I'll, Monday night. I'll be you, there. If you lose, I don't want to talk about playoffs with nobody. You know what sucks is I watch what sucks is I watched the Bears just absolutely bend over the Patriots last night. And we scored one touchdown against them. The Bears are so bad offensively. They had like 23 completed passes the first three weeks of the season. And they just murdered the Patriots last night, the team that just trounced us. That was that was a tough well, one to swallow. And that's the thing. I, I'm having a tough time like getting the measuring stick on them because we literally had the Jets done. They were done. And, the, and people can say, oh, the Jets really haven't done anything. They really haven't played anybody. The Jets actually have like a pretty solid squad. They got a pretty damn good defense. Their offensive is pretty decent. They don't really have a quarterback, I don't think. But, I mean, they're winning games. They're in a tough division, and they're doing some things. Pittsburgh kind of just went toe-to-toe with Miami a little bit. But I just – I'm having a hard time. Like, the games that I think that we should get blown out, we stake around in. The teams that we should have blown out, like Atlanta, we just – we just let it slip away. And then I watched them get mauled by the Bengals, just absolutely blown out. So I just don't know what we are as a team. I don't know our identity. I don't know if we're good. I just don't know. Just flat out. Yeah, it just – it always so, feels like the Browns can never have games where they put everything together. You know, like offense will play well one game, but then the defense or special teams lets us down. This game, you could argue – the defense played better, even though the, we said the Ravens, yeah. you know, offensively aren't as good as what a lot of people think they are. Um, you know, we we did. We kind of shut down Lamar. We didn't let him run all over us. And, you know, you could say the game plan kind of worked defensively for what we did, but then it was some bonehead things and some calls that didn't go our way that we lost this game. And I don't think that we would be as mad, like Blake said earlier in our in the episode here, if we won that Jets game, if we beat the Falcons, that we just lost to the Ravens in a close divisional game. I don't think that we'd be like, man, we'd be really pissed off about those calls didn't go our way, but we'd be like, Jacoby only had five incomplete passes. Right. You know, it, like there'd be a lot of things we'd point out as pluses from this game. See you in Cleveland, Baltimore. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Five and two still. <laughs> yep. So just let's use this. Last five minutes or so here, um, what do you guys want to see Monday night? Do we have a shot against the Bengals? Joe Burrow just threw for 8,000 yards against the Falcons the other day. Um, I know we seem to have his his number, and and, uh, we seem to always against these guys. It's going to be Monday. The crowd's going to be going crazy. Um, But – do we have a shot? Because seem to be they started a little rough, but they seem to be to be finding their stride and they're starting to click. Well, I'm gonna be there. So the first thing I want to see is nice weather. <laughs> yeah, every team's got a <laughs> shot, man. 
you know, I, I'm not. We're historically good against the Bengals these past few years. We're also pretty good on primetime games at home. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, but like you said, the Bengals are just playing really well. They kind of found their stride. So this is going to be a tough one. But don't you guys think we're about due for a win? You would think. Let's go get it, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we play well against the Bengals. One thing with the Bengals um, – as of late, their defense has actually been playing pretty well. Um, but I think yeah. it comes down to, like, Denzel. I don't know what his status is, but we need Denzel to play against their wide receivers because they got three guys that can just ball out. Uh, Tyler Boyd as a number three receiver is pretty darn good. Uh, he just put up 150-something receiving yards uh, this week. So he's he's no slouch as a number three. Um, and Joku, I think he's out, what, they say, like two to five weeks. So you, yeah. you're, you're going to be without him. Um, so offensively, you got to keep it close. If you don't, it could get ugly. Uh, we're not going to win a – I don't think we're going to win a shootout with that team. I think it's going to be – if we want to win, it's got to be like a 23-20, 21-17, where our defense really steps up and, and tries to hold – Hold them down, otherwise we could easily lose 42-12. I mean, it could get ugly quick, and especially if we got to pass the ball. We just don't got the weapons to have to pass the ball to keep up with the team. We just don't have them. I mean, I'm yeah, all nervous about this. I think we, we saw – Go ahead, buddy. Uh, Go. Uh, we saw last year, uh, like this was the game that – we got rid of Odell, and then we came out and we played super intensively. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get a pick six on their first drive game this year uh, to help change momentum. They also dropped some passes that they usually catch uh, in that game last year that we beat them. And if we if we don't get guys' faces and we give them free releases off the line and we play zone, we they won't punt. They'll score sixty points. They will not. They, we cannot play that defense. We have to come out and play some man, and we have to get up in their faces, hit them on the line, don't let them we got to get physical with their wide receivers. If you just let them run off the line freely, they're going to do whatever they want. Joe Burrow's too good. Um, and then Trey Hendrickson's playing really well. They've been pressuring the quarterback. I'm worried Jed Wills will get murdered again because he he was awful. He His effort – I watch him, and his the, his guy beats him, and then the, he hits the ball out of Jacoby's hand, and this dude just watches the ball bounce around on the ground. It doesn't even, and he just stands there and looks at it. I, I am not a Jed Wills fan. I like I like uh, before he, we, he makes before me we nervous this on, game. Before we got on, Justin gave a little impression of Jed Wills. I thought was funny. You ready? Here it is. <laughs> That's all. That's, that's, that's all. It. That's, that's it. That was it. That's it. That's all it was. Uh, 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 Joe Burrow. So, um, Joe Burrow's never beat us. Tell that to me. So, yeah, here, buddy, go. Gage Tucker. Gage Tucker wants to know who's going to wear the green dot now. I mean, we lost Walker. Now we lost Phillips. Who's going to – or, I mean, is Dion was it Deion Jones? Is he ready to wear the green dot his second game, or is he going to have to be like John Johnson, who he's been awful too? 
It's kind of. Isn't, I would that, say isn't that a problem? Isn't that a problem when you have a defense and you can't and you don't even know? You're like, ah, who's it? Who are we gonna go to? Who's to, a good leader? Who's a good leader on our team? And we can't find one. Right. Nobody wants it. Yeah, that's, I will say that's this. a problem. Um, I will say this about that Monday night game, and I so Joe Burrow it definitely knows that we that he's never beaten us. So he's going to come in super amped up, which that makes me nervous on a night where we're going to honor a legend, Joe Hayden, coming back to Cleveland. And it's going to be Halloween night. Crowd's going to be super, super rowdy. I think we're going to be able to pull something off. But if, like you guys said, if it goes wrong, if it goes the wrong direction, not only are you going to be hearing the Boo Birds, you're going to be hearing we need to get Dobbs in there. There's going to be a lot of things that (laughs) – for the love of God, please. I don't want to see Dobbs. I don't want to see it. I'm, I, listen, that's not the problem. If, unless Dobbs is going to go play cornerback, I don't want to see Dobbs. Like, I'm good on it. But what I'll say is that crowd is going to be rowdy if we can just get going and just not make any mental mistakes. I, there, I, it's going to be a primetime game. It's a divisional game. We'll play them tough. But close the game. If there's one thing that we always talk about is Browns don't know how to win. And I, I don't it's it sucks saying that. But I, I, you see it week to week. Like, we just don't know how to close things out. Let's turn that around. Let's start it. Let's start a new streak. Let's do it. Hey, we win this week. Justin will be back in the it's studio. It's going to be. <laughs> I was gonna say Justin will be back in the studio next week. He'll be talking playoffs. Everything. He'll That's be right. Much, he'll be much happier next week. <laughs> Three and five. Let's go on a run, baby. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we're gonna wrap this thing up. We just hit the hour mark. Um, the quality is just terrible. We know that. Uh, thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us. Dealing with the delays, dealing with my lights getting turned off midstream. Um, I got kicked out. Justin's kid made an appearance. Pretty much everything that can Absolutely. go wrong tonight went wrong, and you guys stuck it through. Yeah. Watched us the whole time. We really appreciate you guys being here. Next week, we'll be back to the young business professionals that you guys know us as. We'll have fancy graphics and a cool intro. We'll play your guys' uh, voicemails again. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're going to have Kenny Mack in studio. Uh, you hear his intros all the time. Super fun guy. So make sure you guys tune in next week um, to get show the dogspodcast.com. You just tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu, or you can scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. We love getting your guys' voicemails for the uh, post game episodes. Makes them way more fun. And if you're looking for content, you want more access to us, join the dog.com, become an official dog pack member. And uh, a huge shout out to Zach Cop for joining us tonight. It was good to see him back on the show. An OG member of the dogs. Uh, hey, I don't know if you saw back in the chat early. A lot of people were pumped that you were back on here. You're the people's yeah, champ. I saw. I saw. You know, you know, once in a while when I, so, I get that I get that big game check for coming back on, you know, for uh, for an episode here or there. <laughs> See you guys in six months. So, we'll try to talk Zach into coming back. Yeah.
<laughs> we'll try to get Zach back on more for a couple episodes. But again, thank you guys all for being here. Uh, maybe the Browns will pull one out here on Monday night. It'd be awesome. Uh, if you're going to the game, have fun. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. We appreciate all you guys watching, and we will be back in studio next week with Josh and a more professional show for you guys, we promise. Thanks again for being here, and uh, have a good week.